<laughs> What's up, you two nights? Welcome to Lords of Longbox presents the comic book shaker, uh, cover price comic book shakers of the week. Just having normal yeah. conversations backstage in the green room while we're uh, running late. Uh, but you know what? As promised, we're going to bring it to you, man. And as always, it's uh, Thursday, so tomorrow's Friday. So uh, that means it's Freestyle Friday, shall Woo-hoo! we? Yep. Let's see what bring we got for Andy Park. All right. <laughs> Apparatus is here. When I rock a rhyme, often eyes are dropping a tear. It's so beautiful, it's America's landscapes. When this man makes lyrics like the syrups that you pour upon your pancakes. My mandate is to grip minds like a handshake. Spit Orlando Lakes and go skinny dip with the fan base. Over any damn breakbeat, I hastily make pastries tastier than anything that Wolfgang makes. So take notes out of suckers, I make coats, lump of some like Bubba Gump fishing on lake boats. I take jokes and turn the comedy into drama. I'm bagging on your mama. I'm Jeffrey Dahmer behind you. I'm a rhyme writer. Lock, stock, smoking the ganja. Rebuttals befuddle, leaving a puddle of saliva, sillies. You couldn't handle Randall when I throw my grammar at you. It hit your head and you would think I threw a hammer at you. I point the camera at you like Herb Ritz. Develop it, then use the pictures to pick up bird shits. Your nervous is the impervious wordsmiths. Hanging out in Rafa's new crib, come with the verses. Yeah. Sorry, it's a routine. We got to play it. Uh, 
Gabe, say what's good to people. Yo, what's up, everybody? Uh, fun list tonight. Stay tuned. There's some offers on here for sure. So some proof of life going on. Yep. Laura. Oh, that's a good uh, JB next. Hi, guys. Welcome on in uh, to answer somebody in the chat. Yes, we got a huge monsoon storm last night. The first one of the season, I think. It was cool. Ooh. The sky was like orange and windy. So, yeah. yeah, people don't know that it rain. There's a monsoon season in like uh, Nevada, Arizona, yep. and all that, and they get more rain than like we do in Southern. There's California. two ways to die in the desert, and that's dehydration and drowning. Yeah, that's probably true. Actually, yeah, those are probably yeah. the top two. In all our right. state. On that note, JB, say what's good to people. Yeah, I know that's crazy, man. <laughs> um, welcome to the show, everybody. Uh, I don't know if this is an O. Yeah. If you pay attention to the details, it's probably an offer list. I think you, man, there's one you, on here. That if you've I'll got like. one or two of these books on the list, please tag us on social yeah. media. Hashtag L-O-T-L-B so that and, we can uh, comment on your post. And and the week the cover price guys were on here, um, the winner still hasn't reached out. So you know what? So, we're you know going to give something away in the live chat. How about you just give it to me? Forget it, man. Anybody that doesn't claim their book, just start <laughs> yeah. sending all those books to We're going to do Dude. something for people who actually are watching in the live chat, not on the room. There you go. All right. Yeah, all right. I like it. See? See how we do things? Once again, this show is sponsored by our friends over at coverprice.com for your price guides, collections, and trends. Head on over to coverprice.com for the low price of $6.99 or the price of McRib. Rest in peace. Also, our friends over at Bird City Comics use discount code of LOTLB to get 15% off anything in a Bird City Comics exclusive store. I don't know if you guys have you guys have a drop this Friday or Saturday, or are you guys still uh, recovering from San Diego? I completely forgot to get you the graphic, but yeah, we are dropping something called The Call tomorrow night, and it's being described as something is killing the children mixed with the Goonies. Well, pff, can't go wrong with that. What? Who's the writer? Something is killing the children no. mixed with the Goonies. What's the who's the writer? Uh, the writer, hold on, I'm looking it up because I don't remember by heart. Uh, Eisner winning writer Kelly Thompson, she did Black Cloak. Oh, okay, okay. I'm down. Sure, yeah. sounds weird. I like weird shit. Speaking of weird shit, <laughs> things that TiVo has seen that you should watch that I watched yesterday <laughs> that I didn't even know existed is a movie called Knowing with Nick Cage, and it's uh, directed and oh, I've seen by- that. It's, the numbers yeah. one, right? Where he, yeah, I've seen that. Yes, okay. yeah. it's so the director is to, uh, Alex Preyas, uh, Preyas, and if you know anything about him, I mean, he did Dark City, he did mm-hmm. iRobot, he did The Crow, he does a lot of weird shit. You know what I'm saying? And this one starts off like you don't know if it's a horror film or what it is, but um, it goes off at the end, and you're just like, whoa, what did I just see? And, and you're enthralled. Yo, I, first time I can ever endorse a Nick Cage film on this show. But That's anyway. old, too. That came out years ago. It was on HBO last night, yeah. And I was like, you know what? I just started watching, I was just like, okay, now I'm, now I'm yeah, stuck. Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah, because it almost starts like a horror film, but then it goes into a totally different realm, you know? Yeah, that movie. HBO still got a channel on TV, or is it strictly all streaming for them? No, no, I have it on my uh, YouTube TV. Oh, okay. Yeah, and if you have it on YouTube TV, then you get HBO Max for free. So there you go. Once again, boys and girls, this is the cover price comic book shakers of the week for the week of July twenty seventh, where we look at the uh, highest selling or most interesting selling books on the market. And let's get things started with the first one. What do you have? 
Oh, this first one's a gem. Uh, definitely an O for uh, proof of life on this book. This is American Splendor number one, uh, Harvey P. Carr, 1976. American Splendor is a critically acclaimed comic book series created by writer Harvey P. Carr. First published in 1976, the series offers a uniquely raw and autobiographical portrayal of P. Carr's everyday life, exploring the mundane and extraordinary moments of an ordinary man's existence in Cleveland, Ohio. In 1976, it was a sharp departure from the more typical superhero and fantasy themes prevalent in mainstream comics at the time. American Splendor transcends the boundaries of traditional comic books, offering readers a captivating glimpse into the complexities of human existence and the beauty of the ordinary. The series' impact uh, has been so significant that it inspired various adaptations, including a film adaptation with Paul Giamatti uh, that Gabe here, I 1000% recommend everybody watching that movie. It's, it's fantastic. Yeah, uh, its status as a seminal work in the world of alternate comic, this week it hit an all-time high of $1,250 for a CGC 9.4. Uh, so America's Man number one for 1976, $1,250 for a 9.4. I remember that movie because Paul Giamatti was playing it and was kind of depressing uh, the last I remember, um, you know, that movie. I'm trying, uh, you know, I saw it. Because when it when it came out, this is when movies or TV shows that came out didn't affect the price of comic books, you know. But you, you weren't gonna find this anyway. You know what I mean? Uh, this is like uh, an, an indie book of all indie books, you know, right up in 1976. You know, when when there was a lot of uh, free thinking and you know, uh, you know, counterculture and drug use and in indie comics. So uh, American Spender number one. What does the board bubble say? On the left. Uh, and then this Siberian nationalist, uh, Gladiro Principal, say, am I boring you guys? And then Harvey goes, no, Sid, you're fascinating us. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it's a movie that just kind of, you know, was just came away. And I think it came out in, I want to say, the late 80s or 90s. No, it came out... Uh, Maybe ten years ago, no way. Yeah, it's, it's it's pretty recent. I saw it in theaters out here. Uh, they were only showing it at like limited release. Like there's like an art art it's house kind free. of like it's art house theater right. out here, and that's where that I mean, that's the only place that came out here. But it's just a everyday life of this guy who is just like a record keeper at the at the VA. And he just has a really shitty outlook on life because yeah. he has a shitty outlook on himself. So it's just his mundane life, what happens. He's friends with like um, all these fantastic indie artists, um, including Robert Crumb. So Crumb drew a bunch of art in here in these books for yeah, him. And it's just his whole long of his existence of his life. And then he gets cancer. And then as he makes a book about that when he had cancer. Uh, he used to go on, um, uh, what's the late night host? Uh, not Jay Leno, the other guy. Oh, Letterman? So yeah, he used to go on Letterman. Okay. And him and Letterman would just argue and fight and just have these really nasty <laughs> conversations. And then he would keep inviting them on. All they would do is just yell and just antagonize each other back and forth. 
it's really, really like strange. It. There's YouTube videos on it. They show the actual clips of that in the movie. They, they interview Letterman and how he felt bad because he was kind of, you know, kind of picking on him and making him be that way you know, on TV and stuff. There's a doc- it's there's, really cool. There's a documentary about Robert Crumb, too. Who was yeah. a, a real perv, by the way. Um, if you well, seen well. it. All so right. you go mention the documentary, everybody, if that's on your bingo card. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's called like Who Shot Robert Crumb or some weird shit like that. But it's it's like, you know, it's because if you're a comic book guy and you see anything about comic books that comes out, you know, 10, 15 years ago, you're like, you know, I got to see this, you know. And it just shows how he was like, you know, just kind of just really weird dude but you know you know ultimately they're geniuses you know what i mean you know the the weirder they are the more you know crazier they are the more genius they are that's the way i put it all right what do we have for number two all right i was gonna say that was your chance to get on the board but then i saw the mock jewelers (laughs) that's right yeah this was your chance all right at number two we've got amazing spider-man issue 316 the mark jewelers insert originally published in 1989 in the vast realm of the comic book. I'm sorry. In the vast realm of comic book history, there are issues that leave a lasting mark and amazing Spider-Man 316 is undoubtedly one of them. This issue stands as a pivotal moment featuring Venom's first full cover and third appearance. Adding to its allure, this variant features the exclusive Mark jeweler advertisement insert. These variants were only sold near the United States military establishments as the ads showcase military emblem rings and other jewelry for their significant others back home. These issues are especially rare in high condition. The last recorded sales value reveals the true demand for this highly sought after itch issue, reaching an impressive 11 hundo for a CGC 9.6. With Todd McFarlane's captivating cover art, which would later become synonymous with Venom, this issue encapsulates a crucial moment in the Spider-Man mythos. Amazing Spider-Man number 316, a Mark Jewelers insert variant. Long before, you know, people were debating newsstand versus uh, uh, direct edition, this and that, Mark Jewelers were things that people sought out for. I mean, and it is is true. It is hard. I have about... Five of them, and none of them are in, in near mint condition. None of them. Oh no, no. Yeah, I actually um, sold because they were sold near military bases. So it was all like army exactly. guys who were just you know probably read them in, on a tank or something or on a airplane <laughs> over to Iraq. You know, sitting there flying jet planes, reading at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> if you are a Mark jeweler collector, I do offer one in every whatnot show. There is oh. one book in that Ooh. thumbnail. Look at you. Of 42 I books I that is a Mark Jeweler. It All is right. a hidden gem in the show. And so here's a tip from Uncle Tebow when you're digging in long boxes, how to uh you can you can you can view a Mark Jeweler's insert from just looking at the top of it, even if it's bagged and bored. Okay. Wait, how? I was gonna ask that actually. How do you because you'll see you'll see in the middle of the comic is a is a darker. There's two types of Mark Jewelers insert. One was blue and one was another color. But it, they definitely stand they stand out. You can tell the difference between that and a regular comic. So uh, you they know, feel heavy they, too because those those ads are like on really yeah, nice they're paper. Thick. They're like they're like cardboard almost. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. 
All right, number two, ASM number 316, Mark Jewelers insert, $1,000 for a 9.6. Woof. All right, what do we have for number three? Boom. You want a golden age? You got it. Yeah, somebody was asking about this. All right, Batman number 70 from 1952. It's not uncommon for someone to say, been there, done that, when you think you've come up with something original. So was the case with RoboCop which may have been new to Detroit in 1987, but had already been explored 35 years earlier in Gotham. Clarification is sketchy as to why this book's had such a high sale this week. Could it be due to the popularity of robot-related comics like Rom the Space Knight, or rumors of a RoboCop film or TV series on Amazon? Or even simply collectors of Robert, Robert Robot-themed comic covers? <laughs> Regardless, a CGC 8.0 copy of the book sold for an all-time high of $2,160. Ultimately, the robot was decommissioned and Batman remained Gotham's protector. Just imagine how safer Gotham would have been if we would have kept the robot cop for Gotham City. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Too bad it wasn't around and uh, Bruce Wayne's parents were in that alleyway. Oh, oh damn. You went there, Dave. Okay. Jeez. And the pearls. Martha. I've seen his parents die one more time in the movies. I swear to God. Or any animated film. It's like every single yeah. time. Slow Thank motion you, with Miller the pearls. And everything. The, the iconography of those pearls. And now we have to see it every time that origin is told. Every time. Every time, yeah. Number three on the list, Batman number 70, number... Uh, from 1952, $2,160. Wow, it seems rather low price. I was just going to say that's a good deal for an 8.0, right? 8.0? That's a steal. All right. Yeah. What do we have for number four? <laughs> this has got to be the best Oh, movie. my God. This what has got to be the best cover. <laughs> what the hell is this? <laughs> this, is, this is awesome. Uh, so oh. This is um, Musk versus Zuck uh, television. This was a uh, San Diego Comic Con. Uh, limited to 100 uh, exclusive. Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg have are both successful yet polarizing on, entrepreneurs. Uh, they are known for their achievements in their respective industries and have made significant contributions to technology and society. Their conflicting ideologies and clash of egos have even led to a quote-unquote, we'll believe it when we see it, real-life cage match. It began in June with a comment from Musk that he would be up for a that he would be up for a cage fight, quote unquote. To which Zuckerberg obliged. Reportedly both both are training for said unscheduled cage match. The battle of the billionaires seemed like a work of fiction. To cement that fact, artist Matt Pendela, aka television or television. Brought a hundred copies of his self-published fictional battle between Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg to this year's San Diego Comic-Con. Known for using AI, television has noted that this was uh, predominantly done using traditional pencils and then used AI to build significant elements into it. AI is highly controversial right now and television has been right there at the front of it for his support of using it as an artist's tool. To promote himself, he handed out copies of this comic to attendees and utilized retailers like Hive Comics and Nerdy Girl uh, to have set up locations for fans to find their free copies. This reminds us of the also controversial Incapable Trump exclusives that creators Omar uh, Mirza uh, <laughs> That's a that's a different yeah. one. Wow. 
<laughs> Jao, Jao? Uh, Muretto, and Alex Gennaro. Sorry. Sorry, Gabe. Sorry, Gabe. You get it. Herb Erflinger. Bert Herngeif. Irv Herblinger. Bing Livehanger. Livelink. Bert Herkern. Bi Bingo Ling fucker. <laughs> you earned it that time, too. <laughs> I, I was well, looking at every chance. I was like, I'll green room stuff. He gets the worst read first. every week. That's he gets the worst <laughs> one. <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, most famously, issue number four was distributed throughout New York City as a scavenger hunt, which led to numerous pictures of the homeless reading copies and many uh, fold, uh, floating around in the middle of the street. Today, those books still remain, still retain their high aftermarket value. Yet, television's book is a fascinating and controversial blend of current events, the use of AI, and an immensely low and an immensely low print run. This week's high sales of two hundred and twenty-five dollars and one hundred and fifty dollars marks high market interest. Uh, current listed copies are asking for much higher amounts. If the fight does become a reality, there is surely one, this is going to surely be one to watch. All right, we all have to. Have this a is garbage. Pass. So, um. Uh, Dana White, owner of the UFC, said he would definitely put that fight on if it were to happen. Um, but just look at the cover. It's Bill Gates is on there. Batman is on there. Stan Lee is on there. I think that's a young Muhammad Ali, uh, The Rock, uh, and... Uh, Batman. Yeah. Bat you understand how head. AI works. AI pulls and steals art from human artists, and there's no way to protect him as of right now. Like It's a big old yeah. thing. We My, had television uh, on our trash. channel, and he's he's very um, professional, and I understand why he does what he does. He's like, otherwise, I wouldn't be able to produce this stuff, and I get that too. It's it's easier, it's faster, and not everybody can draw, not everybody can. But until there's a way to protect human artists, I just can't advocate supporting this. So no. how do they do it? Does it look exactly like the artists that the original? So let, artists? let's say you drew like ten pictures of a dog, okay? And I can't draw a dog. So I take your 10 pictures of a dog. I feed them into the algorithm and it shoots out a brand new dog made off of your 10 dogs. And I call it mine. But does it look like my dogs? No, it looks like a weird version of your dogs. Oh, okay. So I'm like, uh, yeah, but yeah. It's like yeah. it's sampling versus reference. Oh, and what's his name is back there too. Uh, the owner of the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, what's his name uh, from Shark Tank? Mark oh, Cuban. Cuban. Yeah, Mark Cuban is back there too. Like somebody's getting sued. Like, I'm like, what's, how did you get away with doing it? Well, it's crazy to me that it ended up in, ended up in the hands of homeless people because they were just living in the streets. So uh, who knows? Maybe homeless people doing whatnot sales soon. I don't know. Maybe they saw them. You know. Number four on the list is Musk versus Zuck. The television limited to 100 from San Diego Comic Con. Wow. I guess, man, that's a first. Yeah. All right, what do you have for number five? <laughs> okay, all right go. at number five we've got roger rabbit issue number four from 1990 now hard to believe it's been over 40 years since roger rabbit came into our lives thank you for that nugget of knowledge cover price you're making me feel old first appearing in the gary k wolf novel who censored Roger Rabbit in 1981. He was adapted into the groundbreaking Disney film who framed Roger Rabbit in 1988. 
Immediately after the film, a graphic novel appeared also in 1988. It was in 1990 that the Disney comic book series featuring new Roger Rabbit stories was first published. Now, people have always gravitated to collecting issue number one from this series, but it is issue number four that features the first comic book cover appearance of the glamorous Scarlet Jessica Rabbit. This past week, we saw a CGC 9.8 sale of this issue hit $400. Hard to believe, but there are only four graded copies on the CGC census, and this is the only graded 9.8 copy. Wow. All right. I wonder well, uh, if collectors will start sending their raw copies in for grading. What do you think? Cool. Roger Rabbit number four coming in at number five. Uh, and uh, what little young man wasn't uh, feeling uh, a little mm, mm, inside mm. of him when they saw Roger, Ra Roger Rabbit on screen? Oh, yeah. This is the moment um, I hit puberty. Mm, yeah. I, I think most people feel that way. Yeah. This, you, you can't beat it. So here's another movie that <laughs> I saw. That another movie that's similar to this is something called Cool World. Okay. It stars Brad Pitt, where he's the only person in the animated world. And the uh the art, uh, the animation on there is pretty solid. They drew some very, very like uh sexy women. It's PG 13. It's uh, Ralph Baskey that did the art for that. Yeah. Uh it's got a four percent on Rotten Tomatoes, so but so but if you want to see something in that in that genre, it's like Brad Pitt is like very kind of a gumshoe detective noirish guy, and he's in this animated world. It's called Cold World, so peep it out. Four percent Rotten Tomatoes, you can be the judge of it. Maybe with time, it's got Brad Pitt in it. What are you gonna do? All right, we're there for number six. Oh, okay. Number six, Savage Dragon, number two fifty. Hmm. This is the blank the green fuck? cover from twenty twenty. Savage Dragon has been around for quite some time. In fact, it came out in good old 1982. With the release of this monumental and oversized issue, the big 250, it becomes just the second image title to hit 250 issues. What better way to celebrate than with a multitude of variant covers, including this one? That bright emerald green is almost synonymous with Savage Dragon, and this book is chock full of it. That in the size lends itself to favorable grades due to the square bound nature of the book. That helped a lucky collector land a perfect 10.0, the only one across all variants on the CGC census. Essentially, they could set the market and did with a recent sale of a whopping $3,000 when a CGC 9.8 for this very book tends to top out around 150. Wow. That's an exceptional sale and a crazy achievement for a beloved character hitting a milestone book. We'll be keeping an eye on it, and when that perfect 10 changes hands again, and we'll report if it hits a new milestone. Ah, uh, yeah. Holy hell. So, so Savage Dragon number 250, a blank green label from 2020. I don't... That's insane. I think it's an anomaly. You know, uh, you know, for three... This one, you know, $3,000 for this, mm -hmm. you know... I believe it's a retailer all, exclusive. Right? This wasn't a widely released variant. So yeah. what? Yeah. So what? That's Come on! No, I'm that it, it, it's actually was supposed to be. It's actually like a really low print. We're on like variant. This yeah. is an exclusive. I believe so. Yeah, oh, really? we'll see what happens when he he tries to flip it and see how much he gets. Um, you know, me, not a big J Eric Larson fan. Sorry, 
Uh, I just, mm-hmm. you know, his oh, art does his art doesn't do it for me. His writing is good. Uh, the Green well, Savage I mean, Dragon. We're an Eric Larson fan. There is no art. You're talking. There's nothing on here. <laughs> well, I mean, the internals. You know, the the art that he does. So, uh, but uh, he, Savage Dragon was all the rage in the '90s when they first came out, wasn't there? Savage Dragon animated series or some shit. I'm trying to think. Yeah, it was horrible. Yeah, <laughs> well, well, there was a there was even a Wildcats animated series. It has like was the there, greatest theme song ever. Yeah, was there a Young Blood animated series? I'm trying to think. There, there was a pilot that got leaked, but it, it never went yeah. to series. Not even Dude, a pilot. Would, it was like a like a trailer almost, but it's badass. I, yeah, I always say bring back Wildcats, man. I would love to see that as uh, you know. There's the uh, true JLS comic comics in the chat. There's 250 copies of this made. Well, if it's an yeah. image title, the minimum for retailers is 500. Oh, just oh. saying. Damn, dropping knowledge on you. All right, what do we have for number seven? Ah, we always see this book on here. Ooh. Oh, my turn. I was talking about. Uh, so, okay, so number seven here. This is uh, something is killing the children. Pen and ink issue number one. Andrew K. Curry, 2023 San Diego Comic Con. Gold Hand Gilded, limited to 100 copies Whew. from Boom Studios. Uh, this this uh, 2023 San Diego Comic Con release was limited to only 100 copies. Hand Gilded in Gold by artist Andrew K. Curry. Mm. Considering this was released last week, uh, there has only been two sales. However, those two sales are already uh, shaking the market. One went for four hundred and fifty dollars, and one for five hundred dollars. Both were raw copies. This cover and the critically acclaimed series is a prized addition to any comic book collection. Its rarity and increasing value make it makes it a sought sought after item that is sure to continue to shake the market. Um, Wait a minute, I'm confused. Gold? They put gold on the cover of this damn thing? Like probably around the eyes and stuff, right? Yeah, it's probably like gold little flakes or like something. Specs. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, it might specs. be the little dragon icon on the upper right hand corner. Oh yeah, and then, like the title. It's a, yeah. Maybe. First of all, it's almost impossible to take pictures of gold comics. Like uh, I, I have that uh you know we're talking about the the, the darkness cover, and uh there's one that's gold. Uh oh yeah, the, uh, uh witchblade number ten. Which made number ten flip Damn, five, Gabe, zero. that's yeah. incredible. He's insane. Yeah. Holy shit! Yeah, that's that's been my and I finally got it and I took try to take a picture of it and I was like I cannot take a picture of the it showing in gold. It just doesn't. Sh- you have to shine it in the light the right way and everything. I know <laughs> King of Golden State. One day I'm gonna do a video on how to post <laughs> comics, how to take pictures of comics and slabs and post it so people don't you know show these ugly show your beautiful comics in an ugly format on Instagram. There or the reflection in the slab. <laughs> That's always funny. It's worse is when somebody pictures like takes a picture of a slab and puts it on there and you can see them in the <laughs> reflection with their phone. It's like I, I don't I, I don't have any clothes on. It's really weird. <laughs> uh so here's a weird said there uh, uh, something is killing the children pen and ink number one the curry SDCC gold handed gilded Boom, uh, limited 1000 raw dog from 100. 100, 100, 100. That's crazy. So that sold out probably as soon as this damn that probably sold on a preview night. Um, so there used to be this dude on eBay who used to sell stuff, but he made sure in the background he was nude and eBay, <laughs> n- eBay never caught it, right? 
So, <laughs> you know, eventually they caught it. This is like in the early days of, of eBay when you could just, you know, sell anything. So he made sure that. Yeah, we had know, to wait five minutes for that picture to download. You're like, damn, the guy's naked in the back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, nowadays, you know, you can't even show boobies on a comic book, you know, but anyway. All right. What do you have for number eight? All right. First off, you know, I haven't had a chance to pander to the audience. for So let me take a moment. 115 strong in the chat. You are fantastic. We really do appreciate you watching. If you're enjoying tonight's production, please take a moment to hit that thumbs up. All right. At number eight, we've got Star Wars Halcyon Legacy number one, the EM Geist Imagineering Exclusive. Oh, man, that's a mouthful. Now, Star Wars is an epic IP with fans that span generations from all walks of life. Needless to say, when there is a highly touted miniseries that ties into a new ride or attraction, etc. at a Disney park, it tends to do fairly well in the aftermarket. Well, this book is no different. Not only rocking several first appearances in D309, Riola Keevan a starship captain, and Shore Corvin, an associate of the Padme Amidala. But it was released to commemorate a new attraction. It's the debut issue of a five-issue miniseries to celebrate the opening of Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser at Walt Disney World Resort. Don't get excited. Stick around for the rest. To make it a little more special, folks who helped bring the project to life, or Imagineers, as they're called, received this exclusive book. To make it even more of an exclusive book, the attraction is already set to close a little over a year after it debuted. Now, news is only recently broken, which increased the interest in this book rather quickly. However, there are so few copies out there with the total count unknown that it has flown under the radar. The CGC census sits at a whopping four copies. With the recent CGC 9.6 that came to market being the highest grade available, one of three available copies hit the aftermarket and quickly sold for 650 bucks. the only graded sale in our database. It'll be interesting to see if the others make it to the market as well or if more books make it through the submission process. Rarely do we see a closing of an attraction by Disney so quickly, on top of it being based on such a beloved IP. How that affects the market will be fun to watch, and we'll have it covered when it all pops again. So Star Wars Halicon, the legacy number one EM Geist Imagineering exclusive. Yes, yes. Oh, I said it wrong. Yeah, okay. I actually asked him about that at, at one of the cons. I'm like, how do you say your name? He's like, Gist, like Gist. Yeah, yeah, you have to ask people. You know, you I do. had to ask, yeah, uh, what, who did I meet? Warren Lou. Yeah, yeah, Warren Lou. You know, I, everybody says Warren Lau. And I finally say, how do you pronounce your name? He goes, it's Lau because, you know, he's from like South Africa or New Zealand or somewhere there were, you know, and he goes, but, you know, whatever. But he was a nice guy about it, you know. So, um, you know, you know, just like, uh, it's funny, like, uh, if you ever, my, uh, what's his name? Uh, the guy that does the new mutants covers that everybody's butchers his name. Oh, come on. Rob Liefeld? Liefeld, Liefeld. No, Liefeld. no, 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 not him. Um, something ski, you know, what I'm talking about. Bill Sinkevich? Sinkevich. Sinkevich puts it down now. Man. I got his name down. 
He Sin puts Kev. He puts his itch. name. He writes his name <clears throat> phonetically in his in his Twitter handle. How to say how to pronounce his name? Sinkevich. Yeah, James Yeah, because we call him Sinkovich for like the longest time. He goes, "It's Sinkevich." So, ooh, yeah. I've been saying Pakelli wrong. I've yeah, been saying Pakelli the whole time. Yeah, it's Pakelli. I butchered that today. I sold one of those yesterday. Wait, but it's Pacelli or Pacelli? It's Pacelli. It's pronounced like a K, the C-H. Pacelli. Right here. They're going to leave. I always supposed to know that shit. That's not even fair, That's a great handle. All right. Yeah. So, yeah, that that ride was doomed. That cruise or whatever the hell that thing was doomed for. Because you know why? It was too expensive. Nobody was going to spend that much money in it for. 5G for two Nights. That is crazy. Like, why? Why do that? I don't. That's I don't... gonna go Comic Con hotel prices right there. <laughs> no. Well, yeah. I, you know, my, I talked to my girlfriend about this, and I go, it failed because they charged that much money in Florida, charge that much money in L.A. There's more people that have money that are geeks in L.A. that will spend money. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm not saying there's a lot of rich. There's not See, a lot of was, rich I, in I heard the damn thing was sold out every night anyway. So, I mean, how is it a failure? It was taken I'm in saying, big time. Man, people are used it's to paying high prices in L.A. So. Yeah. Wow. So, uh, all right. Uh, wouldn't be a shaker show without a romance book. I love it. And I get to do this one. All right. So at number nine, we got the True Love Pictorial number 11 by St. John in 1954. We have a stunning Matt Baker cover on display, bringing the True Love Pictorial series to a close with issue number 11. St. John's Publications, founded by Archer St. John, was a groundbreaking pioneer in the early magazine and comic book industry, introducing many concepts and characters we know today. Matt Baker was responsible for most of St. John's covers and was a source of inspiration for many worldwide. A CGC 5.0 recently sold for a record-breaking price of $1,834 with just 25 copies on the census. And there is still potential for growth in this classic romance periodical. I'm telling you, they knew how to do dames back in the day. I mean, look how gorgeous she is. I mean, you know, yeah, the high cheekbones and everything, you know, love, uh, true love pictorial. From St. John, 1954, 5.0. That's money well spent, though. I mean, $1,800 exactly. for a 5.0. Better than a Savage Dragon green cover. Yeah. Hey. That's right. I said it. Um, <laughs> we're going to do a giveaway in the live chat. Um, and it's to say this. You, you have to know Laura really well to oh. answer this oh. question. Okay. So, There's a right. question coming to the All live right, creeps, here's chat. chance. <laughs> to the 121. All right. Last one on the list. What do we got? Ah. Surely people are on this uh, one. Yes. <laughs> uh, so this is uh, number, last one on the list tonight is uh, Young Allies number six, uh, Art Adams variant from 2010. Well, this one doesn't seem to be slowing down, does it? A classic Adams variant that has been fairly scarce since its release in 2010. Collectors have scooped up available copies over the years, and a lack of available copies has led to dramatic increases in aftermarket prices. This week saw a new high of $1,525 for a near mint plus raw copy. The price seems staggering, especially in a market where many books are falling to are failing to reach uh, highs, but finding a copy is close to impossible at this point. Expect prices to continue rising 
if there aren't available copies and demand remains as high as it is now? I'm expecting to be tagged on Instagram by I just told him, yeah. the king I of the golden this, state. I, you know what? I, I believe people have this because I've seen it before. Um, I have, I have another one. I have some other art items covered that are similar to the same pose. I think it's what Scarlet Witch, maybe. Oh, I'm trying yeah. to remember. Yeah. There's yeah. a great one of that. Yeah. Art Adams does like the most beautiful women on these on these covers that he does. Yeah, and yeah. way back when he used to do a lot of internal pages too. So do you remember there was an X Men annual where the X Men went to Asgard? Mm. Yeah, yeah. Art Adams did the not only did the cover, but he did internals and and he's one of the artists that actually kills it on the internals as well you know <clears throat> adam hughes talking about you um but anyway uh, at one time i think adam hughes did good internals but man i the last adam hughes book i read that he did internal pages for it he just seemed like he just he he just mailed it in he was like, all right adam hasn't done internal since probably like 2005 i bet yeah well they say it's a young man's game doing uh internal covers you know but nowadays with with the amount of exclusives and variants nowadays that people that artists get paid for, why you know they could make a living off just doing covers. Yeah. Like, why know, why get paid like three hundred dollars a page and you get paid like a thousand dollars to do a cover and you can do yes. a cover and like it's not like the good old days in the nineties where Rob Liefeld was overpaying artists. You know how much was Art Rob Liefeld was paying? He was paying uh, like a, Stephen Platt was forty thousand dollars an issue for pencils. And damn what? God, damn yeah. That's what I meant. Even if it's it's in the uh, image wow. documentary that you know Rob Liefeld for Extreme Studios. Say what you will about him, he was like paying top dollar. You know, this is back when image titles were selling hundreds of thousands of books. You know, and you know um, they you know and he got the best artists. You know. Um, to to work for him, so um, we're not we don't have enough time to see what's shaking the boys and girls because you know it's almost seven o'clock. So let me get right to the trivia question. Um, nobody won for the cover price. Well, somebody won for the cover price giveaway, but they haven't um contacted us. So here's your chance to win something for the cover. What was you guys remember what it was, uh, JB? Nope. When you guys did the show. Nope. Okay. Don't oh, I thought so, you were going to do their outgoing voice. Yeah, I'm drinking during the show, man. Come on. <laughs> All right. Come on, well, man. It's some cool stuff. And Matt asked me today, did the winner reach out to you? And I was like, no, he hasn't uh, yet, but we're going to do a giveaway. And we're going to give away something with somebody in the live chat. So give me a start line, JB. And I'm going to give you a starting you. line. Let me give a starting line here. Yeah. Look at Laura's all nervous. I am nervous. Like, what are you to? I'm like, I'm definitely nervous. I'm like, okay. Hopefully, uh, I know the, the answer. <laughs> um. All right, starting line is down. I will highlight it when it pops into StreamYard here. There we go. Starting line's down. Question is, what did Anthony from Bird City Comics cosplay at San Diego Comic-Con? Oh, I know the answer. Okay, I got this. That's good. That's a good one. He got so people were stopping him to take pictures with you have him. To follow, was... You have to follow Laura on Bird City Comics to know the answer. Come on, someone's gonna have this. There you go. Well, I don't know. does that is count? That, well, no, no, that, that's not no, who it was. That's not who. I, no, yeah, I don't know. That seems kind of no. Golden State uh, Comics guy. Come on, there it is. He walked right by us on the street. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that is I mean, correct. Matt he wasn't Daredevil. He was Matt Murdock. So he was blind that's with true. the. So technically, it's Matt Murdock, but uh, you know. No, man, so King of the Golden State don't win anything. Pick somebody else. <laughs> no, <I'm sorry. laughs> 
Nothing James, uh, hit me up with your uh, shipping info, and I'll send it to over to Matt. Uh, Matt Murdock yeah. is Daredevil, but like he was his. You know I think they should both get a prize. I agree. Boom. I, I don't. think they should no, both I don't, get no. It was Matt Murdock, 100%. It was, it was specifically Matt Murdock. He had the glasses, the cane, the suit, everything. It wasn't Daredevil. He didn't have a Daredevil costume on or anything. So it was technically it was Matt he was, And people stopped yeah. around, Matt Murdock. It was Matt. He was, he was blind. He was Matt Murdock. Yeah. All right. Bonus question. Who was Laura dressed as? No, we're just kidding. <laughs> I don't even know. Who Wait, do you guys as? not know? Yeah. Come on. Who I'm trying to with the, the black cat <laughs> costume, come oh. on! Right? <laughs> yeah, who was it? Yeah, what? Yeah. Sorry, I was fixed. I was so fixed on Matt's costume because it looked so good. I'm sorry. It, it was one, really good. People were stopping. The one time, like, uh, the one time where Ant upstaged you. Sorry. Mm. <laughs> he totally did. I just kind of stood yeah. back. I was holding the camera for people, and so who are you, Scarlet Witch? No, I was Black Cat. No, Black Cat. Oh, black Cat. There you go. I did like you look just as good cat. then. We're gonna go look at Laura's Instagram and you'll see. Yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, yeah. It was. But Matt. But Ann killed it as Matt Murdock. That was he a great costume. It. I was like, yeah, he killed it. He, he I killed was very it. proud. Karen right, not a good idea. <laughs> yeah. He kept Gabe, grabbing my boots. Like, oops, oops. Sorry, Laura. Oops. Like, I'm like Anthony. You're not blind. We just like this. Like, I can't see where I'm going. Luckily, better he's doing it to you to somebody else then, right? That's true. <laughs> so yeah, uh-huh. Yeah. Then he'd really be blind because you poke his eyes out. <laughs> Gabe, uh, Gabe, any last words? Uh, I don't know. I can't know if I could follow that up, but yeah, have a good night, everybody. Laura, last words. Uh, yeah, guys, make sure that you check out the call. It goes live tomorrow at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and it's really good art by Will Shrikey. He did the entire cover in 30 hours with only colored pencils, so pretty. Wow. There you go. So hit up Bird City Comics, sign up, and you get a notification. Uh, you also use discount LOTLB on uh, anything in the Bird City Comics store, except for some new exclusives. But everything else, you get a ton of cool stuff. JB, <laughs> any last words? Yeah, thanks for joining us tonight, man. I really appreciate everybody in the chat. If you're watching us on the Rewind, make sure to comment your favorite cover, just in case we bring that one back next week. I don't know if we are. Yes, um, we'll be giving away something next Tuesday. Follow me on IG if you're not following me on, you know, on on Instagram. Uh, please do so, and don't forget, man. We had a good time. Peace. Yeah, and uh, we're at ninety away from eight thousand. So hey, we're getting there, surely. But you know, so make sure if you're watching, sub up because we're at eight thousand. We're gonna give away some even cooler stuff. Something that's sharp and pointy that could kill you from Batman. That's all I'm going to say. Ooh, nice. All right. Until next time, boys and girls, <laughs> keep digging in them long boxes. Peace out.
Oh, that the Lord is up there. Um, What's in the box? 